0: Okay, let me, let me start this way. How do we, how do we value people? Like, how do, you put a, how do you put a value on somebody? You know, is it, is it the amount of money in their bank account? I just, I just kind of like thinking about this question. Is it the money, amount of money in their bank account? Is it their job at, uh, or I'm sorry, their position at their job? You know, oh, they're a director, they're pretty valuable. Um, is it on Facebook, how many likes they get on their post? You know, and if they get enough, like, love markers, it's like a huge thing. Is that how we value people? Um, is it how big their family is? Is it the number of people that show up to the memorial? Is it the number of people at their wedding? Uh, I don't know. Is it is it any of those things? What do you guys think? I don't think so either. Um, but but how do we how do we determine the value of somebody? And I and how argue this morning that our value is only found in in how God sees us. Uh, We live in a beautiful, amazing country. I so love America. I love a lot of other countries too, but I really love America. And uh, we have this amazing process called democracy. It's delightful, right? You got one head, you get one vote, and everybody gets a say. It's really great. You kind of rule by consensus. You make what you want, which is great, but it's also kind of a bummer sometimes because, well, you get what you want. And that can be kind of troublesome. Um, And you're must be asking yourself, Samuel, why are you talking about this, right? Um, the interesting thing is that as a Christian, as believers, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a, in a kingdom. Oof. You know, We're, we don't rule by consensus. We, well, maybe we do, but it sees us. So the value that we draw out of other people is not, or the value we place on other people. Am I speaking too quickly? Sometimes I've had too much coffee and I start like shaking, and it's not good. So I switch to water. No, okay. Um, sometimes the value we place on people is determined kind of by consensus. It's by like, oh, that person is, you know, uh, in a group, you can have a group of people believe one thing and it not be true with God, and thus it's not true. Does that make sense? So it's, I want to encourage us that Maybe, maybe I should pause right here. I'm talking about kingdom values today, <laughs> and I'm talking about kind of like the mindsets that come with living in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, and some of the uh, incongruencies that we occasionally bump into here on this planet. I'm arguing this essentially out of the idea that everybody gathered here, everyone who has um, invited Jesus into their heart is not a... Human being having temporary spiritual experiences, but an everlasting spiritual being that's having a temporary human experience. Does that make sense? Yeah? yeah? So, we're, like, we're, we're living from a theologically appropriate. It's here and it's not yet. I, I, I don't have time to go over everything and do it in a theologically appropriate manner. Um, yeah, so that's, that's where we are. <sighs> Let me see here. So I mentioned briefly the value of people. I mentioned briefly kind of our political system. We don't, in the kingdom, we don't, you know, it's, it's good to have consensus among people, but it's really good to have plots. That's the cornerstone that we build off of is Jesus. He's the pattern by which we set our life. Um, yeah. So I hope that's encouraging for you guys. Let's go ahead. And we're going to move into... That's, that's kind of the first point. Let me see here. Maybe I'll say it that way. The first point I want to say is that people are valuable because God says they're valuable. And just because he sent his son to die on the cross for them, it's pretty high value, right? And I, I would even venture to say that if you, that person was the only person that would be saved by Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus still would have gone and done it for the joy set before him. Um... Thankfully, that's not the case. There's many that are being saved, and we know that God desires that all should be saved, that none should perish. Um, so, so, while we're approaching each other, we're looking and we're seeing each other as valuable. Not in uh, a everybody has agreed that this person is valuable, but in we know that our Father in Heaven says so this person is valuable, and that's kind of point number one. If we're going to jump into this, now uh, we're going to go ahead and read Luke 16. Um, did I mention at the beginning that this was not originally what I was going to talk about? Yeah? So I'm pretty uncomfortable with this message. I was a little bit like, God, why did you put this in the book? Uh, you know, far be it for me to tell you what to do, but it makes me uncomfortable. So, and if you're really, really interested, we're going to start at the verse one, but if you're really interested, you can read through right all the way through the, the chapter, and at the very end, it gets a little, like, fire and brimstone-y. Like, I'm like, whoa, Jesus, I thought you're, you we're done with this phase, right? Like, I'm kind of making jokes here. It's all really good stuff, guys, like... Please. So, it, it really is, man. It's so freeing. Um, so this is the parable of the shrewd manager. Let me go ahead and read it. Jesus told his story to the. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager who was affairs. One day, a report came that. What's this? I hear about you. Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. The manager thought to himself. Now what? Oy vey. "'My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired.' So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, "'How much do you owe him?' The man replied, "'I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil.' So the manager told him, "'Take the bill quickly and change it to 400 gallons.' And how much do you owe my employer, he asked the next man. I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. All right, can anybody point out who's uh, the bad guy in this story? Right? Like, it's the guy changing the numbers, right? Like, that's obviously cheating. There's no way this guy is the good guy. Um, So we'll continue in verse 8. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to the benefit of others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. Not the way I thought it was gonna go. I'm not gonna lie, right? I, that makes no sense though. They didn't teach me that in business school. Um, you know, the... Hmm. It's, even in Jesus' time, it was not known for those who are righteous to be uh, shrewd in their business dealings, you know, even then. And I would say even more so now. I, don't, I wasn't around for the 80s, but I've heard stories from the 80s and 90s where almost every church was like, well, I'm never investing in a pyramid scheme again, you know, like there was a, many that were tricked. Um, I hear some laughs because, right, that was like a serious thing that happened. Um, and if you got out of it, God bless you guys. So good. Um, but that, I, what am I trying to say here? The, the hope in, in Jesus is not that we give up everything and we go after Jesus. It's like Jesus filters out the things in our lives that keeps him from him, keeps us from him. Does that make sense? If there's a stumbling block in your life, you better believe that he's going to like identify it and remove it. Like God is so good that way. He's so good that way. Um, but I don't want you to be unaware of this really simple principle, especially in light of The people coming up here and saying, Wow, look at this. We gave $1,800 to this person out in India, and we gave a bunch of money to our kids over here, and like we just have a bunch of people. If you are not aware of this principle, you might think, Wow, we just have a lot of wealthy people here. We got people who can just like write checks all day long and put it away, and like that's actually not the case, guys. The case is that we have people who have chosen to be really generous. We have actually people who figure this out that, you know, the goal is not money, the goal is Jesus, and the more I can. Um, set my heart on what Jesus has for me and, and, and Jesus, and like literally go after who he is, The other, he adds everything else to you. Jesus says it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added. And that's totally true. But our focus is never on acquiring wealth or um, on acquiring favor with other people. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. I know this is like a really uncomfortable cop topic, and additionally, Ron's not here, so I'm like in double jeopardy or something like that. Uh, let's continue on. I promise it'll be nice. And please, if I've offended you in this, please come talk to me. I'm really happy to talk with you. I probably just misspoke and said it in a way that was um, unintelligible. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't want that to be the reason that we lose our relationship here. Okay, so let's start again in verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. And this is Jesus, right, talking about the shrewd manager. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? Why would you be trusted with things of your own? Uh, That, like, if you look around, we all started in different places. Like, every single person in here has a different starting line, just the way it is. Now, we also not... We are also not on the same path. I am not saying there's multiple ways to God. There's one way, it's narrow, it's only through Jesus. But we are all walking with Jesus on our own path towards Jesus. Does that make sense? So I, we're cool doctrinally right there, right? Like there's one way to God, it's through Jesus. But we are each walking from a different starting location towards Jesus. We're all, um, the way a theologian might say, is we're all Jesus centered. Does that make sense? We don't necessarily have the same behaviors, but we are all going the same direction. We're all moving towards Jesus. Um, and you might have started in a place that never taught you to be responsible with your stuff. And so, you might look around and say, well, I believe, I'm a believer, I know Jesus, but I'm looking around, and the people that are here were just born wealthy. And there's nothing, you know, it's, it's just a lottery. And I, I want to tell you, that's actually not the case. Like, Jesus is, like, right up front here. It's Everybody here started with the opportunity to be responsible with what they were giving. And those who did well were responsible. I'm seeing some head nods. Those who were, did well were responsible with what they were given. And it was usually other people's stuff. It was just an opportunity. You guys wanna hear some stories? This is kind of boring. Should I move on to some stories right now? I got some good ones. Like, I prepared them. <laughs> I, I lived them out of my own life. Um, so, yeah, I, anyway, I, I was gonna tell a joke, but, uh here's, here's the first story I have is, I, I don't know, this was a while ago. I worked at a pizza place, right? And so I was, I was working at this pizza place, and um, I was one of the workers there, and it was great. I don't know if you're aware of this in food industry, but you get tipped out, so every day you have, like, a little bit of cash in your pocket, which is delightful, and then t- every two weeks you get a paycheck, which is a pittance, and um, I, I had basically no money, but every day that I, I got money, I... Uh, would set aside some. So if I got $30 in tips, I'd set aside $20, and if I had you know, maybe $15, I'd set aside 5 And within two or three months, I had a good chunk of change. You know, I probably had uh, more money than I would make in paychecks in a month, in cash, in my safe, right? And I'm having, I'm like, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I, this has become like a safety kind of issue. Not a safety issue, what am I trying to say? An idle, maybe? It's become an idol in my life, right? I'm, I'm feeling, uh, oh, if my car breaks down, I can fix a whole lot of money. But for me, at that time, huge amount of money. And it really became the God in my life. I was really safe. You know, I would take it out. I'd make sure all the bills are facing the right way, line it up. Um, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's jokes. Um, and, and one night I'm at a I'm at a college group, right? A Thursday night like church meeting and we're worshiping and I'm like, oh, praise you Jesus. Thank you so much God. You're so good. And I hear God, Samuel. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord. Oh God. No, it's me. I want your money. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Come on. Like I don't have anything. I have nothing. And this is, you want to take the one thing I got, the, the, the cash in my safe? Yep. <laughs> That's what I want. It's keeping you from me, Samuel. I said, oh, no. Looked at it. Um, and, you know, and then I went and talked with the pastor because it's a college group. They don't tithe there. They give food to the college people to get them there. They don't, you know, ask money. For, you know, don't cost us money, right? And so I go there. And I'm like, pastor, okay, pastor, you know, if I wanted to tithe, how would I do that? And he said, oh, there's like a, you know, a box in the back with like a little thing. And I said, great. So the next week I come in you know, with this roll of dirty 20s and 5s and stuff. I'm sure I look like a drug dealer. And I get to the back and it's, it's like a little, you know, they don't have a thick slot because people give checks that way. They don't give stacks of bills. So I'm, I'm sitting there after people have left and kind of trying to do it unsuspiciously. Like They're trying to shove the dollar bills back down there. And it's like each one that goes down, it's like, man, I can't get it back. I can't get it back. I can't get it back. I'm thinking, can I go ask him to open this? And I'll be like, all that cash is mine. Like, you know, can, can I do that? Probably not. And so I finally get to the end. And it's like, oh. And I feel both incredibly exhilarated because I know I'm in the will of God in that moment. But I'm also incredibly sketched out because I have no cash. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was a very challenging time. but and I'm not saying this is the way it's going to work for you, but I followed what God told me to do in my life. I, I heard clearly, I knew clearly what he was telling me to do, and I did it. And then a few months later, I was promoted to, a, like, a supervisor position at this pizza place, right? And instead of making, you know, three to 400 every two weeks, I was making a very consistent $800 every two weeks. Like, and, and had proportionally larger tips as a result as well. Like, everything in my life increased and it was incredible and and i'm not saying man like i want to be careful here i'm not saying like if you give money god will give back to you i'm saying in my life i said essentially god i'm not going to make money my god i'm not going to i'm not going to serve I'm not going to live my life in a way that protects my money. I'm going to to live my life in a way that honors you. And I'm going to do what you say, and you're going to be the provision of my life. You are my strong tower. It's not in my money that I'm going to trust, but I'm trusting in you. Right? Does that make sense? And so I really believe that actually opened the way for God to say, well, great, I know that if I give you more money, you won't be stupid with it. Perfect. Let Let me open this promotional opportunity. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, everybody pretty happy right now? That's good. I, I'm sorry, I'm only, I'm only talking about that good today. Um, I got another story that's kind of similar. Uh, this is probably about a year and a half later. I, I have a buddy that I met at this pizza place and he got a job at a music festival, which is really cool. Have you guys ever been to like a music festival? Really fun. You get to hang out with a bunch of musicians and the volunteer uh, it's, it's a, it's a, is to get volunteers. So he calls me up and he says, "Samuel, you want to be a volunteer?" Sure, let's do it. So I go there and it's it's a three day weekend and we have a blast. It was really fun. But by the end of the third day, he was thinking, "I'm not getting paid enough for this nonsense," which is true. And I was a volunteer. And I absolutely loved it. I was having a blast, man! all these musicians, and I'm learning about XLR cables. And at one point, they had me like, asking for donations. I'm like, blast. And I got to the end of it, and I, I just continued working. And I had two or three people. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I gave it my all. I worked as if I was working for God in this circumstance, even though I wasn't being paid for it. And part of it was that I'm working for my friend, right? So I, I, I like him. I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. And, and this is also a really cool thing to work at. So I gave it my best, and I got to the end. And there was a bunch of guys, people who, like, ran the place, like, why are you working so hard? What's going on? You know? Like, well, you know, it's just, it's really cool, and I love Jesus, and whatever. Um, and, and even my buddy was, like, totally burnt out on it. Uh, and this isn't always the way it works, but, again, a few months later, well, within a month, I lost my current job, right? I was, I was a manager at this point. I lost that job <laughs> a month after this uh, uh, music festival, and I am then uh, jobless. I'm going back to school, and I get a phone call, and I answer it, and it's my buddy. Or I might have been working as a busser. I forget, I don't, and it was it wasn't good. I don't recommend food jobs if you can avoid them. <laughs> um, I, and I uh, I get a phone call from my buddy, and he's his family is politically connected, and he says, "Hey, I'm, I'm working on a political campaign. Would you be interested in joining? I know you work really hard." I so, said, uh, you know, I wanted to say, I would like to tell you here and now, I was like, uh, and, oh, I'm a principled man, and I don't work for me a little bit about the deal, and it was something that I could, I could, you know, in good conscience be in agreement with, and it paid really well. So I, I worked there, and I worked there probably like four or five months, and I made more money, like I made enough money there that I worked four or five months, and then when that job ended, I was not only able to live off the money that I had saved, but I was also able to take out this amazing, very hot young woman um, that I would later on marry, right? And so that provided all the date money for, for months. It was great, yeah. So, it, what am I trying to say here? The, uh, yeah, hard work pays off, that's true, but it's, it's almost like, you know, it's, I, I'm sorry? Obedience, yeah, it's really kind of almost like obedience. And you might ask yourself, where do I start? Right? You look around, man. All these people have already gotten so far. They're already so generous. They're already so, you know, so far into it. And the place to start is right here. Place to start is right now. It's to say, if you have absolutely nothing in your life, but maybe somebody has um, given you something to take care of, take care of it. When you say you're going to do something, go do it. You know, be faithful. In the very small. Like, those things actually truly matter. You know? They actually truly matter. And as you're faithful there, you almost build a hand. But you become more trustworthy. Or goes away. (laughs) The bigger things get bigger, but you still need to be trustworthy with them. You know? It becomes easier when you have a a history. Like, I have a history of following God into um, whatever he opens up. So I know that while I might be working at a job and they might pay me, that's not where my provision comes from. It comes from the Father above, right? Like, if I was a man after money, I would not be working here, guys. I'm, I'm not lying. Like, I got a promotion and a reduction in pay at the same time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I'm not upset about it because I know that my provision does not come from people. It doesn't come from my ability. It comes from my Father in heaven. Does that make sense? So wonderful. Thank you. Um, The last thing, the the final takeaway, besides being faithful with where you're at right now, is one of the, uh, I believe one of the biggest differences in my life and maybe other people is as a young boy, I began praying for wisdom. I heard that story about Solomon. In that dream, talking with God, and God asks him what he asked for, and Solomon asks for wisdom. I think that's really the opportunity. I think we're in some incredible times. Like, in the terms, like, where humanity is, we've been around for 4,000 years, man, and there's some amazing opportunities, but we need wisdom. You know, there's there's a lot of opportunities to make a bunch of money. Hey, if you go do this, you can make a bunch of money. But we know that's not our goal. We know that if we go down that road, like, we know where that leads. It doesn't lead to a good place, but we need to follow after God. But in following after God, we need to be wise with what we have. Is that, can everyone kind of agree with that? Like, wisdom is really what we need. That's at the crux of it. So, kingdom values, we value people, right? Um, Be obedient. (laughs) Start today with what you have. And find their minutes. I wanna invite everyone to stand up. I just wanna just bless you guys with wisdom. I wanna invite Holy Spirit real quick. So, Father, I thank you so much, Jesus. You are so good. You are so faithful in our lives, Father. I pray that you would um, stir us to remembrance of the times that when we were obedient to you, um, you provided for us, Lord. We know that the agreement we made when we invited you into our heart is that we would not be asked for everything, Lord. And so I ask right now, I ask you to come, Holy Spirit. Come and give us your wisdom for all things, Lord, financial um, and in life and in every other capacity, Father. So I thank you. I ask your blessing over these people. and In your name we pray, amen.